Welcome to the Guns and Yoga podcast. My name is Wendy Hummel. Before I get into today's episode, I want to share a story about a three-day training that I recently attended in June. COPS, which stands for Concerns of Police Survivors, hosted their Traumas and Law Enforcement training in our city, Wichita, Kansas. We were fortunate enough to have this training come to our town as only nine cities are selected annually. If you ever get the opportunity to attend, I highly recommend going. The mission of COPS is to support those who have lost a loved one in the line of duty. Part of the training included a survivor panel. The panel was comprised of four speakers, a son, a wife, a friend, and a coworker, and a father. One of the unique elements of this training is that they work with the local chapters and communities to recruit local speakers who address incidents that those in attendance can relate to. Each speaker's loss had a place in my memory. I remember each incident vividly and had a personal or professional connection to each one. In fact, one of the panel members, Sarah Purcell, is a previous guest on this podcast, and I am now proud to call her my friend. Besides this powerhouse panel, the training covered the importance of having those crucial conversations with loved ones about funeral arrangements, making sure beneficiary paperwork is up to date, and other unpleasant things that most of us really do not want to think about. Which leads me to today's guest, Courtney, from Heroes Financial Coaching. I spoke with Courtney earlier this year and liked her instantly. She reached out to me on Instagram, and we had numerous conversations since. She is married to a police officer and knows better than anyone what it's like to manage a family on a tight first responder salary. She discusses how she successfully managed to get out of debt and lead her family to financial freedom and build their dream home. She was inspired to help other first responder families do the same and created her coaching business. Courtney's approach is unique in that it's not just about money and numbers. She understands the money mindset, limiting beliefs, and makes sure to encourage her clients and helps them keep accountable while also allowing for a plan that includes having fun. We discuss the importance of having those difficult conversations in the case of your spouse's death, preparing a will, having life insurance, and more. I was one of those people that avoided those conversations. Who wants to think about leaving your family or your spouse dying? I'm embarrassed to admit it, but it wasn't until that I was over 50 years old that my husband and I finally prepared a will. And recently, when he was going in for his surgery, the conversation was brought up again. And when the hospital asked us for a copy of his living will, that was stressful. The night before his surgery, we had a heart-to-heart, and we talked about all of the just-in-case scenarios. These are things that my husband and I can definitely do better in with this department, but having that paperwork already prepared was extremely helpful, and I can't recommend this more. None of us want to think about life without our spouse or significant other, and nothing that we can do can ever make it better. But having these things in order ahead of time is one way to offset added stress if something does happen. Some of the things that Courtney and I discuss are the differences between a police and military spouse, the stress that finances can have on a first responder marriage, and the stress and impact a first responder career has not just on the first responders, but on their families. Courtney recounts a time when her husband was working riots and they had their second child during the same time period. She discusses the challenges of navigating the added stressors of the job, 
back then and how having a support network would have been helpful. Courtney has a lot of free content, blog posts, and workshops so that you can check out her website for more details if you're interested, or you can check out her Instagram account to see what she's got to offer. Money is a topic that many couples argue about, and first responder relationships are no different. It's common to hear of multiple part-time jobs just to pay the bills, and this is the norm in our profession, but with Courtney's help, it doesn't have to be that way. I highly recommend that you check her out. And take a listen, and I want you to enjoy the show. And if you find value in it, please share it with someone that you think may benefit. Welcome to the Guns and Yoga podcast. My name is Wendy Hummel, and today I'm going to be speaking with Courtney. She is a police officer and military spouse, and she's also a financial coach, and she runs her own business called Heroes Financial Coaching. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It's the first time I've had anybody on the show to talk about money and finances. And um, you're also the only the like second or third spouse that I've had um, on the podcast. So I'm really glad you're here today, Courtney, or tonight, I should say. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. And um, yeah, it's, this is what I love to talk about. It's fun to me, which is not fun for most people probably to talk about finances. <laughs> so I love it. And I love this community um, that I have been married into now and have gotten to join the crazy world of being a police wife. So yeah, and I would, we're going to talk much, a lot about that. But back to the, the comment you just made about finances, I'm going to fully admit here that that is one of the things that I've never really loved is finances. And, um, you know, it kind of lends itself to start out by saying, you know, we can all be really kind of fit, like emotionally, physically, mentally, like with our wellness in certain areas, but maybe not in all. And so I really think finances is a big part of that. And I know that some of the things that you talk about on Instagram and on your platforms, maybe with your clients about um, financial wellness too, just the, that, that piece of it. Yeah, it's funny. I was um, getting a massage not too long ago and my masseuse, I was mentioning what I do mm -hmm. and she said, wow, that must be like a hard job because a lot of people don't want to talk about their finances and it's mm -hmm. not something that's obvious. Like if you're out of shape, it's obvious to the world you're out of shape, right? Right. Um, for the most part. But when it's your money, like that's a very private thing and a lot of people like don't want to have that conversation. And so it's funny because to me, like, I love this and I enjoy it and it's natural. I've talked about money with anybody for years. Um, and so it's just funny to hear like from some people like, oh yeah, I didn't realize like that is a very private thing to some people um, and something that you can easily hide and nobody would know mm -hmm. something wrong. Same probably with like mental health wellness. Like it's easy to, to hide behind like this mask of everything's okay and it's not. It's the same thing with our finances. like you can use credit cards and look very rich and be into debt up to your eyeballs and look like you're doing great. Um, but also be super stressed out about your money. And so, yeah, I, I enjoy this because I enjoy getting rid of the stress, um, in people's finances, especially. Yeah, in and it's, world. yeah. And it's really important for somebody to, to be helping families with this sort of thing. And especially cause you can relate, like you said, because you are a first responder and military wife. So if we could um, just kind of have uh, you tell us a little bit about uh, your background, like what, you know, I know when we talked before, we talked a couple of weeks ago about your background and just a little bit about what it's been like for you too to be 
uh, a spouse of a police officer and someone who served in the military. Yeah, well, I'll just give you like the background of how I came into this life a little bit and then yeah. maybe into the financial side of it too. But um, I actually was a teacher in Southern California. I taught mm -hmm. first grade um, and loved the sunshine and met my husband on eHarmony of all places. Wow, um, okay. <laughs> I know. And he was stationed in Fairbanks, Alaska in the army. Um, mm -hmm. So like complete opposites of where I was from. Like that's not even attached to the US, you know? And so when we got married, I moved up there in the middle of winter. It was like December 18th, closest to like the darkest day of the year with yeah. about three hours of sunlight um, from like sunny Southern California up to that polar opposite world. Um, and yeah, it was just crazy walking into something I had never known. My family was not military, like great grandpa wise, but not immediate family. Um, and not in the first responder world either. And so it just brought on like a whole different type of life that I didn't know. Like my dad was always home growing up mm -hmm. um, in the evenings. Then I married somebody who was either deployed or gone for training for half of the first three years of our marriage. Oh, wow. um, and so, yeah, just a very different life I walked into that I don't think I knew. Um, or understood. I was close friends with the military family before we got married um, and saw a little bit of what it was like, but um, we didn't have kids yet. And so I was alone in Alaska for about mm. a year and a half, um, the first three years of our marriage. And so, yeah, it was really um, cool opportunities to serve from a different perspective, I guess. Like everybody, you know, looks at our first responders military and knows that they're sacrificing and serving. Um, and it's easy as a spouse to forget that, like, we're doing that too, just from a different perspective. Uh, as we get to encourage our spouse, as we care for them, make the meals, uh, when they're deployed, whatever it looks like, like just being there as a support person to help them, um, in that journey, I guess. And so, as we were up there, part of the financial journey is going to come into this too. Uh, we came and got, I think my husband was making like $1,200 a month when we got married. It was nothing. Mm -hmm. And we like took out our first car loan while we were up there and bought a big truck, which is so military um, and cops probably. Do uh, yeah. that you yes. no matter how much money you make you're gonna buy the big truck right um, and you're gonna get a new so, one like every couple of years too yes um or every few months depending on the person right and so we got our first like car loan even though we were making nothing and i had not quite gotten a job yet at that point um because i just moved up there and was just trying to adjust to life and at first like just started to realize wow this is heavy like we don't make very much income. Mm -hmm. We have rent, we have our normal bills, trying to manage our money together um, and enjoy life. And we found that like, we were really stressed about our finances. Um, and so I did get a job. I started teaching preschool for a little while uh, and I kind of enjoyed that. It was Alaska, negative 20. The kids would out play outside until negative 20 there. Whoa. Uh, 
Whoa. It's just crazy. <laughs> so I'm outside with my parka on and snow pants and And you're from California. To... <laughs> yes. It was a whole different world. And but we started seeing like, oh, we have this extra money coming in, which was a huge blessing. And we were really financially, we would have been doing okay if we would have had a plan for our money. And the problem though, is that we didn't have a good plan and we didn't stick to the somewhat of a plan that we had either. And so again, just causing um, stress for me, a lot of worry about our finances. Um, we would have credit cards and just keep racking up the debt is what happened. Right. And so that really just added into the stress. So when my husband did deploy eventually, um, he went to Afghanistan for eight months and we took that time and I worked full time at that point because he was gone anyway. And so I figured he's not going to be home. I'm just going to work my butt off. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, we got separation pay when he was away is kind of how the military works. You get extra hazard duty pay and things too. So we took all that money and were able to pay off about $17,000 of credit card debt in just a few months. And wow, then good for you, yeah, it was amazing. And then a few months later, um, we were able to pay off my car and we're very close to being debt free. Um, and then our first little guy was born and I stopped working at that point because my husband was about ready to get out of the army and transition into police life. Um, which then was again, another pay cut, which is crazy thinking of like the amount of sacrifice our first responders give and the danger they put themselves in um, to make such a low income in most places. And so we kind of went back into, in order to just pay the bills without me having to send our kid to childcare, because at that point I wouldn't even be making enough to cover the childcare. Teachers right. where I'm from make such little income it actually wouldn't have even offset the cost. And then I would never have seen my husband because he was working nights. You so, know, my husband and I had a similar conversation. Um, I was a first responder, obviously he was too. And when we had our kids and they were getting ready to go to daycare, it was, it's like a car paint or I'm sorry, it's like a house payment. And so there was some serious conversation um, when I was about nine years into my career, like, do I leave? Like, what should I do? Plus my, my girls were premature, both of them. And so there was that, that too. So I, I can see that that's why I think it is actually smart for a lot of first responder families for that person who may have been working outside the home to not for, I mean, and everybody makes decisions for different reasons, but we seriously contemplated the same exact thing because we gave a lot, we spent a lot of money on daycare. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, I see people for one child dishing out over a thousand dollars a month for daycare. Yep. And if you want it to be good quality daycare, um, you've got to pay more money for it typically. Yeah. And so, yeah, for us, we just decided at that point, like I was not going to go back to work at least out of the home. And my husband again, took a pay cut at that time. And so in order to just live, we were using credit cards again, mm -hmm. uh, we didn't rack up a lot of debt, but we're able to finally like sit down together and kind of figure out a plan to make this work for us. And we were able to pay off our debt and actually have like money in an emergency fund for us to mm -hmm. where next time the tires, you know, went flat on the car, we didn't have to use a credit card. Sure. Um, yeah. We're just able to pay for it in cash. 
and get to a place to where we could feel comfortable about um, actually like sticking to a plan and living a better quality life. Because when we were in the military, when my husband was, we missed out on so much fun stuff that we could have done in Alaska, mm. like the chartered fishing trips. I mean, those are world-class people travel there to do that stuff. We couldn't afford it because we were not wise with our money then. And so looking back, we just saw, wow, all these missed opportunities for us. And then walking into this lifestyle now as a police wife, which I personally feel for us has been way more stressful than the military life. Um, why do you think that is? Or why is it that way for you? I think for me, when my husband was in the military, when he came home from deployment, it was a safe place. Like there wasn't mm -hmm. an active threat on his life. I never felt in danger as a military spouse if somebody were to find out where we lived, um, things like that. Whereas in this community, if my husband arrests somebody and right. they get out of jail and want to try to find him, it puts our family in a different amount of danger. Right. He is constantly walking into danger every day. You know, when they're in the military, they don't wear a bulletproof vest to work every day when right. they are, you know, at home. Um, and so for me, just this knowledge of, wow, like there's so much more risk involved here than what I knew. And then from the trauma side of what they see almost daily for me was heartbreaking. Um, coming to of like, we had our first kid. My husband was in the academy right after, got out of the academy. We had our second right as 2020 hit um, and all the protests that happened. Oh, wow. In our state, yeah. like we're in Idaho and it's not, um, it wasn't bad compared to most states. It wasn't Portland. It wasn't Seattle, but still there were people yelling at my husband to like, go kill himself. Right. As the mm -hmm. day before, like I'm having my baby. Um, and so he got off work, you know, working 15 hour shifts for five days straight handling these protests. The next morning we woke up, went to the hospital for us to have our baby. And so, um, I think that world I entered into maybe too, because of the year that it happened to be that he became a cop just showed me a whole new side, I think of what police work really is. Um, and then being there like as the support for my husband to encourage him and try to love him when people hated him. Yeah. was something like I never thought people could hate someone as much as they hated, hated the police. Um, yeah. And what you're saying is so important for people. I mean, those of us that are in this life, we know this, but like there's so many people that don't really understand like what you just said, there's so many layers to it. So not only are you talking about how challenging it was for your husband, but then the people that are at home, I mean, I think I told you this when we spoke before, I call you guys the hidden heroes. I heard that before somewhere, I can't remember where, and it's so true. The impact of what this line of work can do to families and how important it is for you to be aware of it and to take care of yourself. And and it sounds like that you guys are both pretty aware of, of all, all of these things, at least just from the conversations I've had with you. So, um, but it, it is like, people don't really understand the impact that it has on families in, in our, in our culture. Yeah. And I think where I'm at, like, I did not feel a presence of the police spouses, like joining mm -hmm. in together 
to be there as a support for one another. I felt very alone in that time, um, partially too, I'm sure, because it was COVID. And so a lot of people weren't going around other people. Um, and yeah, for me, like knowing how am I supposed to help my husband? You know, like who am I supposed to call for help when I don't have anybody who understands what it's like for your husband to be hated and then for him to come home and just sleep because he's so emotionally right. worn out. So yeah, I think even like I look, remember the first night our baby was born and we were in the hospital and I just, you know, gave birth, which is an exhausting thing. And I looked over a few hours later and my husband's knocked out cold because of all he had been through for the past few weeks. And so like that just sticks true in my mind of how much like exhaustion can come from um, those situations. And then yeah, right. that then applies to us as the spouse who is then trying to maybe pick up the pieces and figure out what to do when your spouse is just brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, yeah. we walked through a lot of having yeah. to figure that out and um, like talking to a counselor and finding ways, even through things like your, your podcast now that we listen to like breathing and like techniques yeah. for wellness to help your body like just come down off of that stress. And so, yeah, I walked through right after that, my cortisol levels were insane, insanely high for years because of that. Um, and I really link it back to that time of 2020. So, Yeah. And everything that you're saying is just, I'm listening to you and I can see you obviously. And it confirms for me, like uh, how important including families is when we talk about wellness. Um, because my, my full-time job, I'm the wellness manager for an agency and a big part of what we're, we're really starting to put our efforts is on families, That's is amazing. including the families, um, educating families, creating a family academy. Um, and for the very reasons that you just said, and so for anybody listening who maybe that's not the case at the agency that, that maybe they're affiliated with how important some kind of support system is. Cause you, you said it, you said there really wasn't anything at least that you were aware of. And I know how important, first of all, for all humans, community and connection is important. And a lot of times the first responder has that when they go to work, but the people at home may not, unless there's some kind of, you know, concerted effort to do that. So it's just, it's just so important for people to hear what you have to say when it comes to that, whatever that might look like. So. Yeah, I wish our department would have had something like that. That would have been so helpful to be able to go and sit down with a group of people mm -hmm. and kind of hear, well, what are like the tools to help you and to help your spouse? Yeah. Um, and how do you manage stress when people hate your, your spouse, you know, and you yeah. fear what could happen to them and all those things. So yeah, it, um, that, that's super helpful. And I wish every department would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and really on a national level, there's so much more of a trend now. It's going to take a while, obviously, um, for the push to really the awareness of, you know, yes, we need to take care of the people that are doing the job, but we need to take care of the people that are supporting them at home, whatever that looks like. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit now about, if you don't mind about, um, your business. And so we heard about your, your passion for, for money, which, uh, which is a little unusual. You don't meet a lot of people that get really excited about the money thing, but but why is it that you like it so much? And how is it that you got the idea to, to start helping other people with it? 
Yeah. So the reason I love talking personal finance is because I found so much freedom when we finally got it under control. Um, we were able to like live the life we wanted, which for us is in the mountains. I live in a log cabin, as you might be able to see in the background. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and we have elk in our yard. And for us, like that was just a peace of mind to be able to get away from the city, away from where my husband works and just be able to take a deep breath, to be able to sit out on the mm -hmm. porch and look at the sunsets um, and just have like that peace of mind. And so the reason I love personal finance and helping people with that is because I think there's so much stress in this first responder community. I primarily work with first responders and military, and I just know the stress now because I've lived it of what you guys deal with every day at work. And then from my side, what the families deal with, with the stress that comes along with the job. And unfortunately, I see so many people who rely on constant overtime in order to, um, like provide for their lives, whether it's because their income's low or whether it's because maybe they spend too much and they're in debt. And so they're just trying to make the payments. But I just, my heart is that money would never add stress to their lives um, because money is simply a tool to help us to live the lives that we want. Um, and I think it can become something that's all consuming to people like for me, it's consuming in a way that like I enjoy it. I find it fun, but because we have to use money for most things in life, I think what happens is that people then can get into the habit of typically overspending, um, not knowing where their money is going. And so they just feel really anxious every month. And what happens for a lot of people is they start out the month strong and then they run out of money before the month's over. And so then they're anxious, mm. then they're picking up those overtime shifts, which then right. add more stress to their family more stress to the first responder because they're not spending that quality time together because they're just trying to pay the bills. And so kind of how I started my business was I had always been doing this, like helping friends, um, even like roommates after college that we would sit down, we'd talk about the budget. I've always loved budgeting um, because I think having a plan for your money just helps us to feel at peace. And for me, just getting rid of the stress of not knowing what's going on with your finances can cause, I mean, just so much anxiety for people to not know what's going on. And so if you can just even come up with a plan, and that's what I help people do, is just create a plan for their money so that they know where it needs to go each month. Um, and then creating like a long-term plan just provides security. And part of that too is not just like the day-to-day um, budgeting type of things of, Hey, making sure we pay the bills, making sure there's money for fun, um, to enjoy yeah. your life. I think that's huge. Just having balance in yes, reach your financial goals, but also do that by enjoying them. Like enjoy the money you've worked so hard to earn, take that vacation, but save up for it so that you're not stressed when you come home from the vacation and you see the credit card bill. Right. Um, and so I really find joy in just helping people to create some kind of system that just works for them. And it looks different for everyone. Um, but that's what I do with my clients typically is we sit down one-on-one -on -one and we just really work out, okay, where, how much you have coming in, what's going out, and then what can you do with the extra if there is extra? And if there isn't anything left over, how do we change that so that there is some extra money to reach your goals and like actually live a good life and not be worried about your finances? 
Yeah. And I can imagine, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong and I'm just speaking from personal experience because money's always been a little bit of a stressor for me, um, that you might have to get through some beliefs, some limiting beliefs when it comes to money or maybe the way people were raised or there's gotta be some, some things around that before you can even maybe move forward. I'm assuming you probably see that. Yeah. And I think that is a huge thing is most people are never taught anything about budgeting, anything yeah. about finances before they leave their home. And so that's why I've seen like a lot of these young military service members who have like a car loan with 17% interest because wow. they don't know any better. I think yeah. in the military, there is a cap on how much interest they're allowed to be charged. Um, they've put those protections in place for a reason, clearly, mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah. they were being taken advantage of. Um, and I see the same thing too. Like if I drive past my husband's department, I'm going to, I know I'm going to see some very nice trucks sure. sitting in that parking lot. And most of them are financed and like the average bill for a car payment is about 600 to $700 a month. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at those big F-350s, you know, those are over a thousand dollars a month probably, um, which I'm all for people having a car they love, but doing it in a way that like, that doesn't make you worry each month about how you're going to pay for it. Um, and so, yeah, I think the financial education piece of it for a lot of people, they were raising their parents stressed about finances. Yeah. Um, I remember that growing up, like my parents argued about money a lot. Um, and that stuck with me and that kind of can even be like something that causes anxiety for me when I start to fear about money. And I think, okay, why am I actually being fearful? That's not my situation. Right. I'm not in that position. Mm -hmm. um, we've taken care of ourselves and we have created something that actually works for us. And so, yeah, that is huge. It's just the limiting beliefs of saying like, this is all I've ever known. I don't know how to do different, number one. Um, and I don't know that I can do different. Like people yeah. want to do better, but they almost like aren't convinced they can do it. And so as right. a coach, I kind of come alongside and I'm the the guidance, I'm the encourager, mm -hmm. the cheerleader, um, the accountability partner checking in right in the middle of the month saying like, Hey, are you sticking to it? Are you tracking those expenses to see where your money's really going? Um, and then another thing that like for me personally, especially in this first responder community is so big is just the preparedness side. Um, and I think that's just not discussed enough when it comes to things like life insurance. Right. Um, I know my husband's department, it, his life insurance policy there would be his base pay for one year. That's all they would give us if he died. Um, and that's nothing. That's not even probably going to pay the bills because typically there's overtime that comes in or holiday pay or who knows what. But base pay is not very much. And everybody I've talked to so far first responder wise, like they don't have any extra income, um, not income, any extra life insurance other than right. what their department offers them. And so really kind of getting that nailed down of right. what that should look like for people so that their family is cared for in their absence and how much like, like my husband knows that if something was to happen to him, he would be sad that we would be left alone but you know that like we're provided for, for a very, very, very long time. Like we would not have to worry about money. Well, I think most people don't want to have those conversations. And again, 
I'm guilty as charged. Um, my, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'm going to say it because maybe somebody listening won't wait this long, but I'm older. I'm 54. He's three years older than me. We waited until probably five or six years ago to have just a will with something in writing for our kids and things like that. So along the lines of what you're talking about is having those difficult conversations about what if, um, there it's not fun. I, I know it firsthand, but it's so important to think about that. And I think it also varies too, from department to department, you know, what, what you have offered, like I know federally, it was really good when my husband, before he retired, now it's not as good. One of the, my former agency, as long as you went through and had a physical and you were in decent health, you could get X, like three to four to five times of your salary and and things like that. But after you retire, um, which I know you guys aren't there yet, but after you retire, it changes significantly. Then, Mm -hmm. you know, then this, that's the first time that he and I had ever gone outside of what our agencies offered for life insurance. We'd never done that before. Yeah. And I think most people don't know because it's so cheap, like a term life insurance policy for a million dollars for my husband is $26 a month. That's it. Um, And it's probably because of your age too, is my guess. I mean, it does get more expensive as you get older. (laughs) Yes. And typically you need less insurance as well as you get older, because typically you don't have the young kids anymore and things like that. And so, yeah, I think for most people just to know, like you need 10 to 12 times your annual salary in life insurance to cover for yourself. And then spouses too. I've heard so many spouses who don't have life insurance especially those who don't work outside of the home because they say, I don't have an income. But what they don't realize is like, you're providing all this care. You're providing typically the child care then if you're not working outside of the home for your family, which as we said, is a large amount of money. Um, you're providing like caring for your home. You're doing the things like cooking, cleaning a lot of times that you're doing so that when your spouse comes home, they don't have to do that. And figuring out like that amount, what I've seen in the numbers calculated is up to a hundred thousand dollars is what that would be worth. And so for the spouses to be listening to have a policy for yourself, because even though you don't see a dollar amount on what you do, there is a dollar amount that is applied to it in your absence. Um, the childcare, the having to have somebody who does a shopping or scheduling for your home or the taking kids from one place to another, like that means something, even if you don't see a paycheck. Um, yeah, I, I could yeah, agree more. I mean, and even like that, you know, not only all of that, and I could easily probably scratch out how much I think all of that is worth. And I know you and I would probably come up with some similar numbers, but it's that emotional labor um of just like always caring for everybody within the home and always thinking about taking care of people and and that and there's it's really hard to put to put a a value on that because that's something that's Mm -hmm. always kind of going on it doesn't really ever shut off yeah and in thinking too like if something was to happen to me i don't want my husband to have to pick up the slack of me being gone and having to do all those things while trying to grieve right because that comes with enough hard times of its own, let alone if he's then having to like clean the house all by himself while taking care of two young kids and having to meal plan and pay the bills and things that he doesn't normally have to do a whole lot of because I take it over. Um, and knowing that like in my absence that 
he could hire somebody to come and take care of the kids when he's at work. He could hire somebody to come and do the house cleaning. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, just knowing that like I am caring for him as well if I was to be gone. And yeah, it's not a fun conversation to have. Um, I know for me personally, when we wrote our will, like I still haven't written the letter to my kids as long as it's happening mm-hmm. because I can't, right. I can't bring myself to sit down and have, um, to deal with those emotions. Like we have yeah. our will written. If something was to happen, we know who they go to. But for me to have to write out that emotional letter to them, um, is more than I can bear at the moment. So it's I yet haven't to done come. it either. If you, if it makes you feel better, I want to do it. Um, I, I haven't done it yet either. Yeah. My husband wrote when I cried reading his, so yeah. I'm like, I don't think I can, I can't do it right now, but I need to, because if something happens, like I want my kids to know how much I love them. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think having those things like life insurance and a will, and even an emergency fund, like these are all things that help take the stress out of our lives to know an emergency fund too, for those listening who might not know, cause it's kind of a weird term. It's just like a savings account for when things happen. Um, like when your tires go out or your dishwasher breaks, um, Maybe you lose your job and you don't have an income for a few months. Having like four to six months of your expenses set aside into a savings account just to cover when those things happen. But having all that stuff like really does give us like a peace of mind, Um, which in this career field for you guys and for the families that I support, I think is so important because there's so much stress that comes from this job, this lifestyle already that my passion is removing the financial stress to say, Hey, you have all these things put in place. You have this money for if something was to happen to you, um, that you would be okay. And again, like in some States, like even the disability is not good. Um, like if my husband was to get injured, I think we would get 66% or 60% of his income for most people, they can't live off of 60% of their income. And so knowing that we have this money set aside in a place, that just like helps us to be prepared and gives us that sense of security um, in case if anything was to happen. So that's what I'm huge about is just those things of like preparedness and then just like your finances on a regular monthly basis. So, and I don't know, like if most of your clients are in the same state as you or beyond, I'm guessing you have clients everywhere, but you know, I think even just planting the seed to get people to even find that information out, like what is it in your state? What is it with your agency? Because I guarantee you most do not know the answers. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, um, a friend I grew up with, um, he was a cop, a sheriff deputy in California, and he was just killed in the line of duty, um, last month. And he left behind a wife and two little boys and a third on the way. And I don't know their situation in terms of, um, like life insurance, but I'm really glad they live in California because I know his wife will be well cared for financially in that state. Mm-hmm. Um, and the state I live in, it's not the same. Like I've looked up what the benefits are to know, um, like she will be cared for with their health insurance, things like that. In my state, you don't get health insurance. If my husband was to pass away, that could mm-hmm. be departmental, um, decision, but the state does not provide it. And so knowing those things to, and then preparing yourself for that potential situation that will probably never happen. But if it was like knowing that you're not relying on a GoFundMe um, that might be set up to survive, I think is so important. Um, And the same with disability, like 
we know in our state it's not great. And so we're prepared for if that was to happen. Um, because unfortunately, like in this line of work, that could happen. You could get injured um, in the job or out of the job. You could get injured right. too. So, and medical retirement is going to look different depending on where you are too. I mean, in some places it's, it's, it's very decent and others it's not. So that's, that's another thing to consider. Yeah. And I think too, like, as you talk retirement, a lot of people have not learned to live within their means and with their mm -hmm. money now, and they're relying on overtime. Once you're in retirement, there's not. Um, and so learn to figure out what is that monthly income going to look like? And how do I learn to live within that before I get to the retirement stage? And I know I have one client and he's heading towards retirement. And he said, like, hey, I always, I have like a hundred thousand extra in overtime every year. Like, I'm not going to be oh getting my God. that anymore. Yeah, he's a firefighter. So he, uh, it looks different wow. for them. Yeah. But um, yeah, he said like, that's not going to be coming in anymore. And so like, I want to make sure that I can live well off of the money I currently make and that I'll have in retirement um, versus always like looking to the overtime to kind of fill that void or to have the extra kind of having a plan to feel comfortable with what you're going to live with at some point um, so yeah. that they're not having to go out and get another job for the rest of their lives. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. That's because I'm in that retirement stage. You and I talked about this before and um, you know, there's it's, it's, it is a lot of people, the people that have done it right, that have planned they're you know, cause 50 is a young age in the grand yes. scheme of things to quote unquote retire. Not everyone retires at 50, but a lot of us do. Um, most people who retire at 50, like me, go and have another job for a little while. Um, but some people don't have a choice because of either medical or because they just weren't good with their money. So besides that one guy that you talked about, do you mostly have, um, younger families or do you have a mix or do you have people that are getting ready to retire that you coach? Yeah, I have a mix. So I have some, all my clients are older than me actually. Um, okay. <laughs> which is kind of fun. Um, and yeah, I think they're all like thirties, forties. I have one who's almost 50. Um, and then the other one that's heading towards retirement. And so, yeah, they're actually all older than me, not the younger yeah. families, which is funny. Um, and I think a lot of that is because people have gotten to this point now in their lives where they're saying like they're sick and tired of feeling stressed about their money. Right. Sure. Um, whereas when they're younger, they're just trying to survive. They have the energy maybe to pick up those overtime shifts for a while. Um, but as they start getting a little bit, bit older, they don't want to keep living that life. And so that's when they come looking for help saying, mm -hmm. Hey, I mean, that's all of us, right? When you feel a little pain in your life is when you start wanting help. Um, of course, and, so and I start... can equate it to anything in life, like with your physical health or your mental yes. health, your financial health, it's the same thing. And I think what's so great about what you're doing, and we'll get to some of these workshops that you put out and other, other ways that you can help people besides if, you know, just them hiring you right away, um, is that you are trying to get people to, to get ahead of it and to be proactive and prevent, you know, being in a, in a place where you do feel like, you know, oh gosh, it's, it's too late. I can't retire. I'm not going to have enough money. So if you don't mind a couple things, if people are interested in what you have to say, and maybe they think, oh, maybe I'll benefit from having a conversation with Courtney, how that works. And then also some of the other things that you were telling me about, like some of the workshops you do and some of the plans that you have to get 
this information out so that people can at least, you know, get some of this education ahead of time? Yeah. So I'll start with like the free education that I offer, which okay. is like my blogs and my Instagram. Yeah. I have a lot of blog posts on like wills and setting that up um, or life insurance and what that looks like, what your number should be. Um, because I really do want that information out there, whether mm -hmm. or not people want to work with me, because I just, I know the stress relief that can come from having mm -hmm. good control of your finances. And so my blog post, I put out a couple a month, um, and they just give all the information on even like things that you should have in your budget that probably aren't in it. Like car registration. Most people right. don't think about their car registration mm -hmm. until it comes to once a year. Um, but what if we planned in advance for that throughout the whole year and put a little bit of money aside so that when right. that happens, we're not stressed about it and it's not messing us up. Um, or Christmas, it comes every year, but most of the time we plan for it right about Thanksgiving time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so instead saying, what if I set, you know, a hundred dollars a month or $50 a month ahead of time so that when Christmas does come, I'm prepared and it's not becoming a stressful thing. Yeah. And so that's my blog, um, where I kind of send out that information. And then I do do the workshops as well. So I've done one so far, which was a budgeting, um, mm -hmm. class. It was called build a better budget, all the things that you should include and then kind of how to work your budget because a lot of us can create one really good and never stick to it but there's uh, no follow-through <laughs> yes and i think we're all really good at that in lots of things in life we have a great plan but we don't actually stick yeah. to it and so kind of some techniques to use um like the app that i use and love to help me be successful with my finances um and i'm hosting another class soon i'll probably do a couple throughout the year um, where I do these workshops and then I'll probably be offering one soon too on like how to pay off debt and stay out of debt. Um, because that's, what's holding so many people back that's in their lives. That's a really it's good one. Heavy. That's a good one. Yeah. It's just like people stay stuck. Um, whether it's credit cards, car loans, um, any kind of interest, you know, that we're building and it's not benefiting us. It's taking that money away from doing so many like better things in our lives. Um, so those are kind of the workshops I do. And then the one-on-one -on -one coaching, yes, is just, um, we start with a consultation and you kind of just tell me what's going on. It's free. Um, and yeah, we just kind of go from there and see if coaching is what you actually need. Um, some people that's not what their goal is maybe is to have like the one-on-one -on -one support. Um, they would rather do the workshops or things like that, but some people really just want somebody to walk alongside them in this process. Sure. Um, kind of like having a wellness coach or a mental health professional, right? Like somebody to sit there and listen to help like give us a plan and the tools that we need to be successful. And so that's kind of what it looks like for a lot of people. It's like me helping them create a budget that actually includes everything that they need and real numbers, not saying, oh, I'm gonna spend $400 a month on groceries this month, but I have a family of five. Like that's probably not going to happen right. and then it's going to mess it up. Um, and so that's kind of like my first step for a lot of people is just really seeing where's your money actually going. And I'll look at people's um, bank statements and say, hey, did you know you spent 3000 on eating out last month? Um, because a lot of times we don't realize what we're spending because it's so easy in this credit card, debit card world where we just tap our card now for a second and there goes the money. 
And we don't yeah. realize where it's going because we're not having to use cash anymore and actually like count it out. Um, and so, yeah, that's a lot of what I do is I just sit down and go, okay, well, this is how much you spent here. Is that aligned with your goals? And if it does, great, keep doing it. And if it doesn't, let's see how we can change that a little bit. I'm not going to say never eat out again, um, but maybe spend a thousand per month instead. If that's something you really enjoy sure. is good food. Yeah. Um, and, and then, what like, I think is, what I think, oh, I don't mean to interrupt you, sorry, but I, I just, one thing I, that just keeps sticking out about what you're saying, um, is that, you know, you mentioned it earlier, like this can be really private. People don't really talk about finances, especially if it's kind of a sticky subject for you. And there could be some shame around it too. Like, oh, I'm really bad with my money. So I'm just not going to talk about it. Think about it, deal with it. So it's so just like anything else, like just shining the light on it, dealing with it firsthand, and then having someone like you to be able to walk alongside and guide you. It's just, I think it's, there's so much in that, that, you know, we need to really start thinking about if people, if that is something that you struggle with, there's, there's no shame in talking about it, first of all, yes. and finding the right person to help you along with it. And like understanding why, like there's always a reason yeah. behind why we do certain things. And I always tell my mm -hmm. clients, like, you don't need to feel bad about your past, like realize what you did and like, let's move forward and change it. But mm -hmm. a lot of times the reason we spend money really shows us kind of like the way we think about things and the way we handle life. And so for some people, maybe like they really spend a lot on clothes or something like that, or shopping, like just random online shopping. I kind of like to get even behind the heart of that. Like, why are you doing it? Is it because you're lonely mm -hmm. at night because your husband is gone at work and your kids are exhausting you? And so now you're just scrolling Amazon trying to find something to bring you joy. Um, or is the reason you eat out because it's convenient, right? Because you're so exhausted from your job and you don't feel like you have the energy to go home and cook another meal. Um, and so kind of yeah. like for me, like getting to the nitty gritty, the deep parts of like why we do what we do, even with our spending really helps to like change people's minds sometimes to say, Hey, you know, instead of the eating out, I'm going to grab some frozen meals from Trader Joe's and throw them in the freezer. That'll take me five minutes when I get home to warm up. But instead of spending $50 on eating out, now I'm only spending yeah. five to $10 and it's still convenient, still easy, and still gives me like what I need to feed the family, but also not to make it stressful. Um, yeah. So like you're really more than a financial coach, honestly, it, you're, you really are more than just like the numbers, the budget. I mean, there's a little bit more to what you do than just that. Yeah. And especially like within couples, like I find it yeah. really fun. Um, the like, Hey, you know, for this spouse, this is how you like to do money. This spouse really likes to spend. We have a saver and a spender always. It seems mm -hmm. like one that's right. more fun. I am not the fun one in my marriage. My husband is way more the fun spender. I am the like, Hey, I could save every penny I ever had. Um, and like really kind of trying to find that balance and helping people to work together. Um, because I think that's a huge thing too, like in relationships that it's so easy to have your money, my money, but if we actually worked as a team, like how much mm -hmm. joy we could have in reaching our goals together. And now, so do I do a lot of couples together, typically, like when you yes, hire when they're my family. Okay. For my, some of my first responder ones, it doesn't work out that way just because of scheduling, um, because they have to go in or they work the days that uh, maybe are the only days that I can do coaching. And so mm -hmm. for them, like 
I don't require them to have their spouse there as long as they're having those conversations. But yeah, the ones that when I do the husband and wife together or the couple together, like it's really fun to me. Um, Like I had one person say, like, I always feel like the bad guy because I have to tell my wife, no, Um, like, no, we're not, that doesn't align with their goals. He's like, I feel like a jerk. He said like, you're actually helping your family to be successful. Mm -hmm. And the wife to say like, man, that's really not nice of me to have to put him in that position to have to always tell me, Hey, yeah. no, that we go with our goals. And so it's fun. Like, I love these conversations because right. it just opens people's minds to work together in a different way too. Um, to say, Hey, like we both have the same idea of what we want to reach, but maybe we're not on the same page of like how to actually get there. And so allowing that person who likes to spend saying, Hey, here's your fun money, spend it however you want. And once you're done, you're done. So they feel that little bit of freedom. Um, so that they can enjoy their lives while still doing like what matters to them long-term as well. So, yeah, it's so important. So important. And I think it's, I think what would be really great and what we try to do at the, the agency I work at is even like planting a seed early on in the academy and talking to the recruits and ideally with their families there too, about these kinds of things. Cause like you said, I mean, if you're not taught these skills, growing up and you, you know, you're entering into, maybe it's your first real job, your career, your profession. How do you expect to, you just have to kind of figure it out just like everything else. I mean, they don't teach you how to even balance a checkbook in high school. Now, maybe some high schools do, but I was never taught those skills. Yeah. And it's so true. And that's like my heart is I wish every um, academy had that. And I wish the spouses were allowed to come too. Um, because That's, I think that could be a goal for you. <laughs> it is my goal. It's my goal is to get into the departments at some point and actually teach this stuff. Yeah. That for one, just the preparedness side of knowing you have enough life insurance for me is like mm-hmm. number one. If I knew that every first responder had enough to cover their family, I would feel like I accomplished my mission. Um, and so, yeah, that and then helping people just to like have a plan and succeed and feel good about their finances instead of worried about them all the time. Because over 72% of people say they're really stressed about money in our nation. Um, that doesn't and, surprise me. Yeah. And I think it's probably worse this year with how expensive things have been the last year. And so, um, yeah, that's my, my heart and my hope is that people could take that away and say, Hey, like I get to live the life I want to live. Um, I get to take the vacations I want to take and still live within my means and still have a good life and not rely on overtime to um, meet these things because re- overtime just stresses people out. I think at the end too oh, yeah. much overtime. And it, yeah. And it's just, it's so important what, what you're doing. And um, I commend you for it because I know there are other people that do this sort of thing, but I think it's different. Like hiring somebody um, that isn't familiar with the culture. I think it's, I think you're just, you're very relatable to people. Um, you yourself, you're a family member. It's, you know, this is your life. So you've, you're living it right now. And so I think that, I think that's a really like, that's an advantage that you have and it makes people feel comfortable and wanting to talk to you about these things, just like anything else we do in our culture, like the people that are most like you, like peer support wise, um, we're more likely to want to talk to those people. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I find great joy in it. So yeah, I can t- we I can tell just by looking at you when you when you talk about it. So. <laughs> and it's funny because as I've like walked this personal finance journey, I've heard 
um, like some of the bigger name people that honestly sound like jerks when they talk about money. And they tell you, you shouldn't enjoy your life until you're debt free. And I tell my clients, take a vacation in between, yeah. give yourself a break. Like there has to be balance, especially in this world, this first responder world where there's so much stress. Like why would we make paying off our debt or having a budget? Like why wouldn't we make it so that it's actually fun and enjoyable um, to where you can take those vacations while still reaching your goals? Yeah, it might take you a little bit longer, but who cares? Um, yeah, and first responders like a challenge, so you can make it a fun challenge. You know, turn it yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I like to find a balance, a healthy balance, in how to do this successfully while still enjoying your life at the same time. So yeah, that's such a smart approach. Um, well, Courtney, I kind of scoured your uh, your Instagram just to kind of see, and you do you have a lot of great content on there. So for the, the listeners, you know, just know that they can check you out at Heroes Financial Coaching, right, on Instagram. Um, your yes. web, you have a website, um, so a lot of free stuff. And then if they want to get a hold of you and have a conversation with you or find out more about your services, how would, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, you can either reach me on my website, which is heroesfinancialcoaching.com, um, or on my Instagram, too. I'm always direct messaging people on there having conversations about finances. Um, and so that's another place that they can get in contact. Great. Well, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you think might be important for, for anybody listening when it comes to any, anything finance, um, wellness, being a spouse and a first responder marriage, anything like that? I think just always that there, there is hope. Like when you yeah. feel like you're in a dark time, whether it's being married to a first responder military, whether it's your finances are a mess, like realizing it won't be this way forever. Um, and that there is hope on the other side to change it. Um, I think that's my message is like knowing you're not, you don't have to be stuck. There is a way you can change it and make it better. Well, that's, that's a good, a good note to end on. And thank you again for, for coming on the podcast. And it's been so much fun to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy. I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, if you found value, I ask that you share it with someone, subscribe, and leave us a review. Don't hesitate to reach out with questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes. And remember, we are better together. Bye.